0: Chain in the
1: morning.
0: I'm getting, ready I'm getting ready for the judgment day. My Lord, my Lord. I'm going to ride the chain in the morning. Road. I'm going to ride the chain in the morning. I'm getting, ready I'm getting ready for the judgment
1: day. My Lord, my Lord. Are you ready, my brother? Oh, yeah. Are you ready for the change?
0: Jesus, oh, yes. I'm, I'm waiting, waiting for the chariot cause I'm ready I'm to go. I'm going to ride the chariot in the morning, Lord. I'm going to ride out the chariot in the
1: morning, I'm getting, I'm getting ready
0: for, ready for the, the judgment day. My Lord, my Lord. Are you ready, my sister? Oh, yeah. Are you ready oh, for the yes. journey? Oh, yeah.
1: Do you want to see your Jesus? Oh, yes. I'm waiting for the chariot because I'm ready to go.
2: stand and join me for the call to worship. If God hadn't been for us when it seemed all was lost, we would have swallowed by by our fear and anxiety. Blessed be God, who never leaves us. Even Even when when we are worried worried and afraid, our God God has has our our back. You may be seated. And please um, join us in the amazing hymn, God of Wisdom, Truth, and Beauty. And I think I misspoke that you can remain standing for this beautiful hymn. to invite up young and young at heart. This is the message for all ages. Let's get the blanket spread up here. While you're coming, Miss Sarah is carrying our Puerto Rico <laughs> jar that we started last week that our young people are helping us continue to respond to Puerto Rico's rebuilding. So, This is in our family zone all through Hispanic Heritage Month. Hello, We Care friends. Hello, my new friend, Ethan. Any other young people, you're welcome to join us up here. We are celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month. So I want to talk about someone really cool. You're waving to parents. They're out there. Or, yeah, they're there. They're there. Can I have your eyes up here? Thank you. This is someone I want to tell you about today. Her name is Dolores Huerta, and she is a really important figure that we are highlighting during Hispanic Heritage Month. Let me first ask you a question. Raise your hand if you are feeling really happy today. Okay, <laughs> hands down. Raise your hand if you're feeling a little, a little bit sad today. Ms. Serres, that's okay. Dolores Huerta, I think, is someone who felt really happy some days and also really sad some days because she fought and continues to fight for farm workers' rights. People who pick our food, grow our food, she said they need to have fair wage. They need to make the right amount of money for their work. There's some snaps out there. She said they need to have healthy working conditions and healthy living conditions. Can you see her here even announcing that? She has like a speaker in front of her mouth so all the people could hear her voice. Same with this picture. This is her today. It says, stay loud. She was loud here, she is still loud today to make sure that people have rights. She's fighting for that. But I imagine in this work, she has felt great struggles and I imagine she's also felt great joy. She reminds me that you can feel both big happy and big sad. She created the phrase, si se puede. Have you heard that before? Si se puede. Yes, we can. Whenever you hear that, we have Dolores to thank for that phrase. We're gonna keep learning about her and hearing about her as Hispanic Heritage Month continues. Sound good? Sound good? Well, oh, we even have another friend. Never too late to join for Message for All Ages. Let's say a prayer together. Thanking God for this Yes We Can spirit and movement from activist and organizer, Dolores Huerta. We can link up and hold hands right here. Dear God, Dear God. Thank, you for Dolores thank you for Dolores and other leaders, and other leaders who, remind us who remind us of happiness and sadness. Happiness and sadness. Amen. Amen. All right, let's sing Macharemos today as we return to our seats.
3: everybody. Buenos dias. Como bien, bien. bien. Todo bien? Oh, good. I'm so glad. It is still Latino, Latina, Latinx, Hispanic Heritage Month, and so we are butchering our Spanish as best we can. Pero necesito paquicándole, See, ¿sí? oh, Nothing's going to happen. Si sí, sí, sí se puede. My name is Jackie Lewis, and uh, on behalf of all of our family, we're so glad you come be with us today. It's really good when you're here. Um, Can you raise your hand if it's your first time, la primera vez, that you are here? Raise your hand. Yay! Raise your hand. Keep your hands up. We're we're bringing cards to you, so keep your hands up so folks can see. Where are you from? From Texas. Texas. Where South Texas.
1: South Texas.
3: Amen. In La Frontera. See? Where are you from? Central Texas. Central Texas. Texas in the house. Who else? Where are you from? From France. Oh, bienvenue. We're glad you're here. Who else? Where are you from? Germany. Welcome. Wilkemen. Wilkemen. Where else? Where are you from? Queen. 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 <laughs> Good. See, Where are you from? Florida. So glad you're here. Did, and where are you from? Queens. Queens is in the house. Guess who's back with us this morning? Anita Parker came to church this morning. Where are you from, baby? Mississippi. Where in Mississippi? Are you related to that guy? Ah, it's good to see you. Okay, so we're glad you're here. It's better when you're here. We'd love for you to stay connected to us. So there are these green cards in the pew. If you will fill it out, even just name an email. Like, you don't have to tell us your life story. Just name, email, so we can introduce you to us, pull you in closer. And if you're in Germany or France, you too can come to church every Sunday at 11.45 Eastern Standard Time online. Speaking of which, let's say hi to them. Hello, people that are online. We're so glad you're here. Okay, today is homecoming number four, and we have four homecomings because, you know, we don't all come back at the same time. So today in the social hall are opportunities to sign up, to, uh, to uh, hook up, you know, in the nicest way, to decide to join a group, to decide to connect to a learning. So there's balloons, there's good food, and if you'll sign up for some stuff, that'll be fun. Nedra, don't let me say hook up next time. Help me with that. <laughs> uh, also today, uh, this afternoon, um, women are going to the Black Women's March. Yes. So we're excited about that. Philistine is going. Um, are you going? Okay, Amanda's going. So we're meeting at three o'clock, am I right? Amanda, where are you, baby? Over here? If you want to leave from here with us, 3 o'clock. Um, and there's more to say, but. Lea, lay, okay? Por favor. Listen, guys, I was in DC this week, and um, I was so glad to go, uh, so delighted to go. You can snap. Snap for the women who organized, the, the Women's March women. Fierce! Um, snap for those women in the elevator. Come on. Snap for the fact that stories change the story. Somebody say amen. Amen. And snap for the friendship, the real friendship between Flake and Coons that created a conversation. Come on. I went because I'm hot. I'm mad. Hot and mad. But I also went because I'm a survivor. And we don't all tell our stories. We don't all tell our stories in total. I'll bet you if I took a quiet poll in here, lots of hands would be up. But what I'm telling you is, I survived. And I believe survivors. And I want us to pray this prayer today. One, thanksgiving for the power of women, the power of organizers, the power of those on the margins to make things better. Two, to pray that there'll be more cracks of light, guys, more cracks of light. Like I, do not misunderstand me, will be in the streets getting arrested if they uh, confirm Kavanaugh. He showed his butt, honey. He showed it. We don't need that in in the Supreme Court. But we do need more places of conversation. We do need more collaboration. We absolutely need more Flake. Let's get it together, or we're gonna go to hell in a handbasket. So, I want you to join me in a prayer for all of that. Will you? Will you do that? Take a deep breath, find the light inside yourself. God, we give you thanks today for the incredible bravery of women speaking up, standing up, standing out, taking it on, bearing their souls, telling the truth. I want to thank you for all the female-identified people who show up, all the men and male-identified people who show up, all the people who will not let this country be its worst self, not on our watch. Thank you, God for conversations that changed the story, for brave women in the elevator and the men who listened. Thank you, God, for the pause, this pause, for justice. God, I pray for every little girl, every little boy, every person everywhere who's ever had their bodies violated by another. We we believe them and believe in them and we pray your restorative grace. We pray, God, for a country that is so deeply polarized. How will we possibly create a more perfect union without some critical conversations? Help us to find cracks of light, O God, where we can be instruments of peace. God, make us instruments of your peace. Where there's hatred, let us sow love. Let us sow truth. Let Let us sow justice. Where there is hurt, help us to Name the hurt and claim the hurt and work to forgive even the perpetrators, God. Not a light, simple forgiveness, but a deep, profound conversation of repentance and change. God, heal us of power and greed. Heal us of white male supremacy. Heal us of domination. Make a nation of lovers, of revolutionary lovers, God intent on marching together into a future that is good for our babies. Let every child watch us, watch us, this community. Love, love, love our way to a more perfect union. Let every young person in the room be proud of us for the activism that we'll do and the rules will change and the stories we'll tell. And in the places where we're broken, God, give us healing and peace. In the places where we feel shadowy, give us light. In the places where we feel angry, turn even our anger into power. Power that can move a movement. Bless us and keep us, O God. Equip us and strengthen us, O God that we can be your hands and feet in this world. This is our prayer in all of your names. Amen. All right, y'all, stand up. We're about to pray a revolutionary prayer. Okay, listen to the words of this Lord's Prayer. In the language that you know it, in the way that you learned it, listen to what you're asking the universe to give us, and let's pray it. Ever-loving and holy God, hallowed be your name. Your reign come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us. Middle Church Choir are back in the house. Peace be with you all.
1: Peace.
0: Okay.
3: like this, but there's a man named Charlie Decker, who's a member of Middle Church, who is a marketing person, actually, a musician and an athlete. But when he heard um, el grito de los niños, the cries of the little ones, in the Dominican Republic, he started an orphanage rescuing three women who were working with children in a garage and starting an orphanage called Los Niños de Cristos. And here is Charlie today. John and I are on the board of, of Los Niños de Cristo. And when you think about a man deciding to turn his life into a way to deal with Latino, Latina people, children on the border, children in the Dominican Republic, poor children, struggling children, we're so proud of you, Charlie, for the real way that you are being a revolutionary lover in the world. Thank you. Muchísimas gracias, friend. Muchísimas gracias, mi amor. <laughs> gracias.
4: Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Thank
3: you.
4: Yeah. yeah, make a few more. Yeah.
3: I'm hijacking John's reading the scripture in Spanish. It'll be English. Okay. okay.
4: There we go. Thank you so much, all of you. and I'm so honored by this. Um, the spirit of Middle Church is behind uh, this, what I've started 14 years ago. And just, uh, I should have put my hand up today in terms of first timers because every time I come into this blessed church and every time I leave, I feel like it's been my first visit. I feel refreshed, charged, determined. You come in with problems, you come in with happiness, and you leave with a feeling of a handle and inspired by the incredible uh, church and by Jackie and before that Gordon and this wonderful choir who I'm gonna rename the Supremes. (laughs) Here's why. They've been here since then. Every one of them are beautiful faces. Their voices are stronger than ever. And may they be our lifetime voice of Middle Collegiate, the supreme. Keep singing. Keep singing. If I would just one moment to explain how Middle has been such an important part of this. I, when I grew up, I had an uncle, a lifetime medical missionary, a physician. Uh, and that uh, as kids growing up in Pennsylvania, we used to collect medicines and supplies to send to Uncle Ned in the different places around the world where he was. Um Uh, station, raised a magnificent family of five daughters, started off in Nicaragua, ended up in Swaziland, and I wanted to be like Ned. He was a great uncle. We were just inspired everything that we did, and I said, I'm going to quit. I had a very good job on Madison Avenue. I said, I'm going to quit. I want to be like Ned, and I'm going to go to medicals. He said, you don't have to be a doctor, and you're too old to go to medical school. (laughs) I was 28, so when I was able to throw away my briefcase, I went over and spent time in Swaziland where he, they were then living had the highest level of AIDS in the world and therefore the highest level of abandoned orphan kids. I had spent a lot of time traveling in Latin America, especially the Caribbean, uh, Cuba, Dominican Republic, Haiti, and every one of these places touched me with the, the need to to see if we can't get uh, some, some organized support to help these, these, these uh, wonderful children. So that I, uh, I started actually in Cuba when I, when I was first involved. And, and may you snap your fingers to Jeff Flake. Yeah. I was involved with Jeff Flake. He was the only voice in Washington oh. that was trying to turn things around in our yeah. relationship with Cuba. He's a good guy.
1: Yeah. Good.
4: And uh, good. I think we saw that. Snaps. Middle has been a very, very important part of our support. They've had, uh, they had collections from this magnificent uh, congregation during the earthquake of, of 2012, yeah. and they've continued, and we're blessed to have blessed to have Jackie. And when you get Jackie, you get John. Amen, John. Where are you? <laughs> a hyphenated. And if a picture is worth a thousand words, which it is when you see the photograph, which all routed to Jack, of Jackie. In, in the little clinic that we have at this orphanage and with these kids, nothing else needs to be said.
3: Well, we're gonna come back and see you in February, March, and we're we'll, so we'll be proud
4: you. of you. I'll be back here uh, after the service and love to chat with any of you and uh, enlist you in this wonderful effort. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank, Thank you. you.
5: Much mm-hmm. Good afternoon, middle. Where's my South Texas people? Who's from South Texas? San Antonio over here, buddy. Good to see you. The reading in English first is from James 5 13 to 20. Uh, And this is the message version. Are you hurting? Pray. Do you feel great? Sing. Are you sick? Call the church leaders together to pray and anoint you with oil in the name of the master. Believing prayer will heal you and Jesus will put you on your feet. And if you've sinned, you'll be forgiven. Healed inside and out. Make this your common practice. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you can live together whole and healed. The prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. Elijah, for instance, human just like us, prayed hard that it wouldn't rain, and it didn't. Not a drop for three and a half years. Then he prayed that it would rain, and it did. The showers came and everything started growing again. My dear friends, if you know people who have wandered off from God's truth, don't write them off. Go after them. Get them back, and you will have rescued precious lives from destruction and prevented an epidemic of wandering away from God. I'm going to do the same thing, but now in Spanish. Está afligido alguno entre ustedes <laughs> que ore. Está alguno de buen ánimo que cante alabanzas. Está enfermo alguno de ustedes, haga llamar a los ancianos de la iglesia para que oren por él y lo unjan con aceite en el nombre del Señor. La oración de fe sanará al enfermo y en el Señor lo levantará y si hay pecado, su pecado se le perdonará. Por eso, confíense Unos a otros sus pecados y oren unos por otros para que sean sanados. La oración del justo es poderosa y eficaz. Elías era un hombre con debilidades como las nuestras. Con fervor oró que no lloviera y no llovió sobre la tierra durante tres años y medio. Volvió a orar, y el cielo dio su lluvia, y la tierra produjo sus frutos. Hermanos míos, si alguno de ustedes se extravia de la verdad, y otro lo hace volver a ella, recuerden que quien hace volver a un pecador de su extravio, lo salvará de la muerte, y cubrirá muchísimos pecados. The word of God for the people of God. Amen.
6: Please join me in prayer. Hmm. Speak, Lord, and give us hearts to hear what you are speaking through word and spirit. We pray these things trusting in your holy names. Amen. Amen. Well, good afternoon, middle. And welcome home. As Jackie said, this is the fourth and final Sunday in our month-long homecoming celebration. After the summer is over and the season of sun and travel of vacation and cookouts has ended We return to this place, this spiritual home, to continue the work of rehearsing the reign of God here among us and throughout the world. During this month of September, after a time of treasured idleness and relaxation, we restart the program year and we reset our eyes on the prize of building God's beloved community. Today also marks, as Martha said, the third week of Hispanic Heritage Month, A time when our nation focuses our attention on the history and the lasting impact Hispanic and Latinx Americans have made to our country. The way they have worked and fought for equity for oppressed peoples living in the US and also those who are seeking this as their new home because of our political and economic exploitation abroad. We recognize the hundreds of thousands of dreamers among us, maybe even some who are here today. Young people whose parents brought them here as children who have only known the U.S. as the the land that they call home, but whose stability and citizenship are at risk because of the rhetoric and policies of xenophobia and white supremacy. We remember today the over 12,000 children, as Jackie mentioned last week, housed in pens like animals at the border separated from their parents, possibly never to see them again because some people believe that making America great again excludes the very same people whose ancestors walked on this country freely and without fear. And they're doing this all in our name and through the support of our government. As the kids used to say, don't get it twisted, (laughs) middle. America will never become great by stifling our diversity. We will only reach our true potential for greatness. When we, when we are all people and all people are able to use our true potential for gifts and raise our voice to become the people that God, the creator has made us to be. Amen. Okay. Over this time of homecoming, we have been reading from Mark's gospel asking some essential questions to the Christian faith. What would Jesus do about a country that's thirsty for greed and power? What would you, who do you say that Jesus is to a world that denies that love is what transforms, heals and empowers us and came us. What else would Jesus say, or excuse me, what else would Jesus uh, do to bring healing to parents and children seeking sanctuary along the borders. But today we're taking a detour and a fast forward to the end of the book of James where we are faced with the question of are we ready? Are we ready? Are we ready to live into our full selves as the radical community that God has called us to be that leads and loves this world into what God desires? for such a time as now. Only five chapters long. James is one of the shortest books in the Greek scriptures and the audience in James's letter is small, but they're a growing minority throughout the Roman empire. They had broken with the religious and social customs of the day that and they practice an unorthodox way of being the people of God. What they do, they welcome the poor. They embrace the stranger, and they give unselfishly to all those who have need. Even though it is small in its size and is often overlooked, this letter to the early church across the diaspora illuminates some of the most fundamental practices of what it means to be a follower of Jesus and share in God's beloved community. And if you're ever looking for like a restart, uh, you want a refresher on what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus, read James. Listen to some of the things he has to say to us. If If any think they are religious and do not bridle their tongue, but deceive their hearts, their religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to care for orphans, and widows and to care for them in the distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world in relationship to the wealthy. He says, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, but if you show partiality to the rich, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors on faith in action. He says, if a brother or sister is naked, and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm, and eat your fill. What good is that? So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. And again, on privilege and power in this world, James says, humble yourselves before the Lord, and God will exalt you. If you've ever lived in a shared housing experience with someone who was in the family or or a, a romantic partner. You may understand what James is doing. He's giving you guidelines for creating a new sense of community. These are clear instructions for establishing an intentional community where each is accountable to the other. Now for some of you it may have been don't eat my food unless you you know you've asked me about it, or we split utilities even. Or you know, depending upon your situation, leave the seat up or leave the seat down. <laughs> Either way. But there are rules. They're guidelines. But whatever the cause may be, in these brief words of exhortation and instruction, James lays out blueprints on what a community governed by faith in Jesus and the law of love looks like. And in this community, it requires everyone's commitment and everyone's cooperation to usher in God's reign. In the verses that we read today, James offers a final word of how we are to support one another in ways that have both personal and communal implications. Listen again to verses 13 through 16. Are any of you suffering? They should pray. Are any cheerful? They should sing songs of praise. Are any among you sick? they should call for the elders of the church and have them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise them up and anyone who has committed sins will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins one to another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. Middle, I have a question for you. Are you suffering or are you cheerful? Given the events of the past few days, it seems like I witnessed suffering all around me. It has been 618 days since January 20 of 2017. I hear a sigh. And when I'm honest about it, it feels like the degree of suffering and distress that's felt in my community, the degree of fear and hopelessness around the people that are dear to me has increased significantly. And the legal proceedings of this past week did not help at all. Not one bit. The revelations of the Kavanaugh confirmation hearing over the past week has been excruciating for countless survivors of sexual abuse and raised great alarm for many others. And the question is obvious, but It's often obscured because of political allegiance. How can a man, a person who's implicated in the sexual assault of Christine Blasey Ford, Julie Swetnick, and Deborah Ramirez, be considered an appropriate judge for the highest court in our nation? Could he rule objectively on cases involving the rights of women and their bodies or any other vulnerable community in his professional life if he's not honored them in his personal life. Mm. On social media, the outcry has been overwhelming. The examination of Dr. Ford, hashtag we believe her, right? We believe her. Her examination before the Senate Judicial Committee, has been emotionally upsetting for many of us, for many who are survivors. For those of us who have named our abusers and in turn had our credibility and our intentions questioned, it's been, it's been more painful than you can imagine. It's brought up a lot of deep pains, a lot of old hurts that have always been there, but it's just put them in front of us again watching her solemn, brave testimony, followed by his aggressive, emotional defense of privilege and patriarchy. It was heart-wrenching and re-traumatizing for many. And they say Serena had a meltdown. Mm. Far too many of us have had to struggle with the repercussions of making our suffering known only to relive the public scrutiny and shame of acknowledging something that we didn't want and something that we were not to blame. We live in a country where one in four girls and one in six boys will be sexually abused before they turn 18 years old. And as we think of uh, Hispanic Heritage Month and uh, the community of folks who work and care for our food and pick the food, grow the food that we eat, for farm worker women, most of whom are primarily Spanish speaking, it's been reported that up to 80% of women in that community have been sexually assaulted, and no work, there's no justice that comes to them. And recent statements by men and women that boys will be boys simply justify a culture where sexual violence is deemed acceptable. But, middle, we have to do better than this, amen? In an interview with Krista Tippett, uh, a woman who's deeply beloved by this congregation and the civil rights icon, Miss Ruby Sales tells the story of how her life was changed by standing with those who suffer. She said in the interview, I was getting my locks washed and my locker's daughter came in one morning. She'd been out hustling all night. Y'all understand hustling, right? And she had sores on her body and she was just in a state from drugs. So something in me said to ask her, Shelly, where does it hurt? And just that simple question unleashed territory in her that she had never shared with her mother. She talked about having been incested. She talked about all the things that had happened to her as a child. And she literally shared the source of her pain. And I realized in that moment, listening to her and talking with her, that I needed a larger way to do this work. Friends, this is what James is pointing us to. He's instructing us to be a people, a church, a community, a movement where love makes room for all, where we can create safe haven for the suffering and those who sing and dance cheerfully. And both know that they belong here. It's a sacred place where we humble ourselves, where we're vulnerable and trust each other, sharing our confessions of sin and mistakes, our habits and our prejudices, so that in that truth we might be reconciled and that God's reign might actually be seen, felt, and heard here and now. In James, the act of prayer is an expression of faith and truth, where regardless of who we are and what we're going through, we can find oneness with God and God's people. We pray because prayer is how we align our voice with God's voice. It's how we open ourselves to what God is doing. Prayer is the most intimate form of communion with the divine. You don't have to move or do anything, or you can pray and dance and sing. You just speak with and speak from your heart and know that the Holy One hears every concern, every care, all your suffering and all your joy. And as we still ourselves and listen to the Spirit's leading, we get up and we move where God and the Holy Spirit are moving us to be. It's not just praying for ourselves. Yes, that's key. It's also praying for others. It's finding solidarity in the midst of suffering. It's anointing, healing oil, touching another with grace and being hope for them when they have no hope for themselves. And friends, we know that not every prayer will lead to physical healing. But we all know that, and we all know that in life, We will die. This life for us will come to an end. But there is a prayer for physical healing that leads to spiritual healing. James tells us when elders and deacons and those we used to call in the Baptist church, the mothers of the church would come together for prayer for the sick, something holy happened. God reshaped human relationships into sacred relationships where the reign of God that we keep rehearsing and rehearsing actually becomes present among us and we can feel it and it's holy. It's heaven on earth when we pray and come together for each other. Uh, Henri Nouwen was a world renowned uh, writer and Ivy League professor and one of the most respected Catholic priests in his day. But somewhere in the midst of all the speaking engagements, the notoriety and and they acclaim somewhere in prayer. He heard the spirit leading him in a different path. He left his academic life to live and build intentional community, intentional Christian community with developmentally delayed adults through an organization called LARSH. And in his conversation uh, about prayer, he said this prayer and action can never be seen as contradictory or mutually exclusive. If prayer leads us into a deeper unity with the compassionate Christ, it will always give rise to concrete acts of service. And if concrete acts of service do indeed lead us to a deeper solidarity with the poor, the hungry, the sick, the dying and the oppressed, they will always give rise also to prayer. In prayer, we meet Christ, and in him, all human suffering. And in service, we meet people, and in them, the suffering Christ. Middle Church, I have another question for you. Where does it hurt? Where does it hurt? There are some of us today who are suffering... There are some of us who are joyful. Some of us are somewhere in between, checked out, numb, angry, unsure, fighting off hopelessness or afraid. But the work of building this new community, this new home for all is the work that James invites us to. James invites us to co-create with God and the Holy Spirit this is the higher truer expression of the gospel that the world is hungering for right here and right now and again my question for you is are we ready there's so much pain around us too many people are living in isolation in the shame of their past people we love people who are sitting in this room right now and people who would never darken the door of this church are living in shame of the things that happened to them and sometimes the guilt of the the shame that we've created, the pain that we've created. When James says, confess your sins to one another so that you may be healed, that members of the community are wandering off and saying and doing hurtful things, he's also talking about us. As much as we despise or maybe maybe as much as we may despise Kavanaugh or Trump or Cosby, each of us has also done something to hurt someone else. The scars may be big or small, but they're still scars. And if we believe that love transforms, that means love can transform all of us. And it's easy to look at Kavanaugh through a solely political lens and view him as being worse than the rest of us. And as a survivor, I, I I want to do that, but I don't think what James is saying frees me to do that. That I have to believe, like Jackie said, there have to be cracks of light and hope and transformation that actually draw us into a deeper experience of communion and healing and life and love. But are we ready for this middle? Are we ready? to build a new community, to find a new way of being? Are we willing to humble ourselves and be vulnerable with our pain and our burdens? Are we ready to be real and broken and seen so that God's holy community can make us whole? Because if we're not, then maybe we should pray about that. Amen.
7: for those beautiful words. Good morning, my name is Amanda, and this is my second Sunday as Minister for Congregational Life. Thank you. But it was about nine months ago, actually, that my family found ourselves in your pews. By pews, I mean this fabulous space for children up front here. But we wound up here after missing a service we were supposed to be attending in Midtown. Some call that serendipity. Some call that weekend trains. I call that the spirit of God at work in the world. A spirit that captured us the moment we walked through the 7th street doors. A spirit that took our hand and said, I'll show you where we care is. A prophetic spirit that speaks out against injustice, as we've heard today. A spirit that swept us here has now rooted us here. We talk a lot, thank you. We talk a lot at Middle about how we are a movement of revolutionary love. And do you know what I love most about that? That we are then simultaneously a movement of God's justice. Because we cannot separate the two. A person not familiar with church jargon asked me yesterday, what's justice? I paused. And then I said, it's about making relationships right in the world. And that's what we do, Middle Church. From the White House to the schoolhouse, from Puerto Rico to the border, and everywhere in between, we are trying to make relationships right. And that type of work, that type of movement (coughs) takes commitment. And it also takes a lot of money. So I want to ask you today, if you have not officially joined this church, what's holding you back? I'll be here at the front afterwards and I would love to talk to you about what it looks like to join this movement and this family. I want to ask you today to give whatever it is that you are able to give of your finances and of your time. Because what we do with our time is powerful, and what we do with our money is powerful. But what we can do together, propelled by God's Spirit, out of love and justice is perhaps the most powerful thing of all. Thank you. of heaven and earth. For these gifts before us, we are grateful. Though they may have come with hurting hearts or with cheerful hearts, we know now that you will use them in unimaginable ways to bring about heaven on earth. Amen. Amen.
3: Christina you look so good I had to whisper to Bertram how good you look he's doing the he's doing the benediction but look it this looks like heaven mm. this is what it looks like couples hugging comforting each other same gender and yeah a couple straight people haha <laughs> this is what it looks like multiracial, multicultural, curly haired straight haired really chocolatey brown and Carmelly beige you look like heaven mm. you give me hope
1: mm-hmm.
6: mm. well if we look like heaven
1: <laughs>
6: are we ready to be heaven on earth mm. Mm. amen go in peace <laughs> amen amen, amen.
3: <laughs>